To Freedom to Choose, brought to you by Just As I Am Ministries, giving hope to people caught in the devastation of addiction. Hosts Rich and Susan Kohlenberg found freedom from 25 years of out-of-control drug and alcohol addiction. They are living testimonials, and in their series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain, Rich and Susan share messages on the problems we face and how Jesus Christ is the remedy to reasoning and thinking right thoughts. Learn how to break free from the chains that may bind you or your loved ones. Here's Rich and Susan on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we want to welcome you once again to the series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain. Wow. We are on program 20 already, hmm. coming out of Egypt, part four, for your reference uh, but this series has flown by, and, and we're very thankful that you've been with us. Uh, once again, we've been talking in this series about the fact that we're born infected, infected with fear and selfishness, and the good news is, is you don't have to be afraid. That's right. Susan, you want to open with prayer? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you once again for um, communicating to us that um, even though we may be infected with fear and selfishness, that you are the great physician, that you have come to heal us and that you desire nothing more than for our restoration to complete wellness. Uh, We thank you for all that you're doing and have done for us. And we just ask now that you will send your Holy Spirit to be with us all, whether um, no matter where we're at. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's continue as we talk about coming out of Egypt and what that represented. Uh, what did we determine last time? That coming out of Egypt represents leaving the old ways behind, but not only just the old ways, the behavior, but dealing with the root cause. So not just the symptom, but the actual root cause of what causes those symptoms. Right, because like we said last time, the addiction is the symptom of something going on deep inside of an individual. That's why people can get clean in jail and go right back out. Once they get out, they go right back at their addiction because even though they've come out of Egypt, even though they've been taken out of the situation, when they get back, put back into the uh, to to, uh, to the uh, society, to the environment, environment, they go back to their addiction because Egypt hasn't come out of them. Well, because the root cause hasn't been dealt hasn't with. Hasn't been dealt the, with the addiction. And what's the root cause? Fear and selfishness. Right. Right. So, so, and and that's what that's what we're going to talk about uh, today about getting at that root cause of fear and selfishness. But let's pick up the story uh, after the Red Sea. A few things happened to them along the way, and we we talked about this last time that God had a purpose for them going through these trials and and any trials that you're going through, God has a purpose for that. Mm-hmm. And the question is, can we trust Him? Mm-hmm. And can and, we see it as a purpose as opposed to punishment? Right, or, as therapeutic. Can or we leaving s- us behind, you know, right. doing it to us or yeah. causing it. The pain, because it, pain is good. Right. It tells you when there's Something's a problem. Right. Yeah, and if you're going through emotional pain, uh, some you know, I, and, and I know there's a lot of people going through a lot of different types of emotional pain that is just plain, uh, has nothing to do with character development. It's right. just very painful. Well, you know, we, we live on a broken planet. We're bro- and once things are broken, there are no pain-free remedies. That's so right. So we're all right. going to be in certain types and forms of pain as we go through this life. Mm-hmm. But there are certain things that, that that 
we need to lean into right. in order for God to, to help us get well. Yes, yeah, so we, we're going to go back into Exodus 15 and then in a little bit 16. So Exodus 15, 24 and 25, the people complained to Moses and asked, what are we going to drink? Moses prayed earnestly to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, which he threw into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord gave him laws to live by, and there he also tested them. Okay, so that's one test. Right. So okay, the, they're dying of thirst. Right, right? so in Exodus 16, two, uh, 3 and 4, there in the desert, they all complained to Moses and Aaron. There's like a thread, right? They're all mm-hmm. complaining. And they said to them, we wish that the Lord had killed us in Egypt. There we could at least sit down and eat meat and as much as other food as we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve us all to death. The Lord said to Moses, now I'm going to cause food to rain down from the sky for all of you. The people must go out every day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I can test them to find out if they will follow my instructions. Okay, what's God doing? Was God, uh, I mean, is this amusing to God? Mm, Or was uh, he trying to accomplish something Mm -hmm. in their hearts? I think he was trying to, you know, once again, to eradicate the fear and selfishness from their hearts. And the only way he could do this was to have them in a position where it's just completely hopeless. They have no hope. And um, sometimes it's hard to realize when when we think we're in control Mm, mm -hmm. and everything is just crashing all around us. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to realize, to grasp that something has got a hold of us, some Mm -hmm. type of an addiction, and we are in a hopeless situation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's hard to get that mindset. Wait a minute, I... I'm in a hopeless situation. See, the first step in a 12-step recovery is an admission that one is powerless and their lives have become unmanageable. Could could the children of Israel manage these situations? There was no, it was out of their control. There's no way humanly possible Mm -hmm. for them to fix their thirst or their, their hunger. This is the spiritual lesson for us all. We cannot provide what only God can provide, but we have to realize our condition or God can't reach us. Right. And, and, and so as the, when the children of Israel go a little further, and it seems that all of the sudden in Exodus 20, that God gives them a whole bunch of rules and, and, um, a bunch of rules, a bunch of rules. So what are those rules for? What, yeah. What, what are, what are, what rules, are rules for? What are rules for? Rules are there to protect the immature until they mature enough to protect themselves. It's that simple. Rules are there to protect the immature until they are mature enough to protect themselves. If we're too immature to drive slowly in a school Hmm. zone, society will be required to put a sign up instructing us to drive slowly. If we're too immature to respect our parents, then God will instruct us in a commandment to respect our parents. Right, he had that. He was put in the position where he had to do this. <laughs> yes. that there was no other choice because they were acting up. They were acting out, and yes. so he had to say, "This is not good." Right. And let me tell you the way it needs to be. Yeah, just just sit down for a minute and let me tell you the rules of this society. Yeah, and uh, so we, we can look at, at at those rules when we go to Exodus twenty, Exodus twenty one. And God spoke all of these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. 
you shall not make for yourself the carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Exodus 27, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And then we jump to Exodus 20, 12, honor your, mother, your, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land and the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not cover your, covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, you sh- nor his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Now, why is he telling them not to murder? Apparently, somebody was murdering somebody. Why is he telling them not to commit adultery? Because that was the state of the affairs at that time. Right. Why is he telling them not to do carved images? Why is he telling them to only have one God? He tells them about the carved images and the one God because it's a very simple fact that you be you raise no high you you become no higher than the things that you worship. Exactly. So if you are worshiping a, a wooden image. Then that's that's the that's level. That's as high that, as you get. That's right. And there's there's a stopping off point. God is saying, "Worship me. I'm infinite, and and you know you you're under. You will continue to grow in that vein. There is no stopping point." Yeah, yeah. Other otherwise we we get stopped and we're and we're blocked at at certain levels. You bet. Yeah. And so, so here we go again. Why all the rules? Are the the those rules pertinent today? And yes, they're there to keep us from hurting ourselves, to help us identify when we're acting out of fear. Yeah, because if I need to gossip about someone, and the Bible says do not bear false witness, I need to, I need to ask, what is it in me that's causing me to do this? Right, what is it that's in me that's causing me to steal time from other people? What is it in me that is causing me to be angry? Because we can go back and remember what Jesus said. Right, and this is why he takes it to that that other level, see? He says, think that I have not come to, Matthew five seventeen. think that I have not come to destroy the law or the prophets. I have not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, not one jot or one tittle will no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Whosoever there, therefore shall break one of the least of these commandments and teach men to do so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Now he goes deep here. Right. Matthew uh, 5.21. You have heard it was said by them of old time, thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. You have heard that it is said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. What has Jesus just done here? He's taken God's law to an entirely new level. Mm-hmm. See, 
All the law can do for us is to point out what's wrong. That's all it can do. Mm-hmm. Like an x-ray or, or an MRI. There's absolutely no healing power in the x-ray machine. Right. There's no healing power in the MRI machine. Those machines can only point out what's wrong. Right. They, but they can't heal the damage done. That's right. It's They reveal. They reveal. They reveal what's on the inside. They can look deep, just like God's law is supposed to look deep into our heart. Not just on the actions that we do on the outside, but deep down into the heart, into our mind. What are we thinking? What are we, you know, what are we dwelling on? God is saying that's where sin originates. Right. And 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 what we we can be thankful for is just like with the MRI. When you've got a problem, you go to the physician, and and Christ is our great physician. Yeah. He does the healing. In Galatians three twenty four. Um, it's very plain there. It says, wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that he, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under that schoolmaster. You see right there in 324, it says the law, the law's job is to bring us to Christ. Correct. Okay. It's It's to teach us that we have a problem. We have a problem. And to go to Christ. So why is there an MRA machine? It's to gather information for the doctor to make his diagnosis. Who's the machine for, the healthy or the unhealthy? It's for the unhealthy. Right. It can't do anything for a healthy person because everything is fine. Exactly. Who's the law for? The law is for the unhealthy, the immature, right? Right. The machine is there for the unhealthy so that their problems can be pointed out. What happens then? Well, then the doctor is going to prescribe treatment based upon what the MRI reveals. Mm-hmm. Is the MRI part of the treatment or is it part of the diagnosis? It's and, and it's part of the recheck as well, right? Yeah. So that so you get the diagnosis. And after the diagnosis, the machine is no longer needed. What's really needed is you need to have the treatment for the illness that you have. That yeah, it, that and, it's revealed. And here's where the problem lies. We all do it. We try to make God's law part of the treatment. There's no healing power in the law, Mm -hmm. just like there's no healing power in the MRI machine. Mm -hmm. The MRI is for sick people to send us to the doctor. The same thing with God's law. It's for those of us who are sick so that we can go to the great physician. Right. So after God gives them the Ten Commandments, he gets very particular with all the Levitical laws and the civil laws. It's very descriptive. In Exodus twenty eighteen, it's written, When men quarrel, and one strikes the other with a stone or with his fist, and the man does not die, but takes to his bed, then, the, then if the man rises again and walks outdoor with his staff, he who struck him shall be clear. Only he shall pay for the loss of his time and shall have him thoroughly healed. Why was God so descriptive in this? I mean, down to the down to if the guy goes to his bed but he's right. able to get up right then you're in the clear but, but if he stays pay, in the bed and you, you gotta, gotta pay for the time that he's yeah. in the bed and why were so some of the punishments so severe where did they just come from what was going on in egypt what went on in egypt and what goes on with us when we're in egypt is we lose our moral compass right and you know when people lose their moral compass, and sometimes dra- drastic measures and extreme consequences must be put in place in order for people to be able to live amongst each other without harming one another. That's it. Right. The law is for the immature until they're mature enough to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Basically, they were in prison when they were in Egypt. Mm-hmm. 
worshiping other gods, and to some degree, they were all right with that. Right. A lot of us, when huh. we are in our addiction, we're in prison. Right. But to some degree, we're okay with that. Right. How many of us are walking around today in prison, in some psychological prison, and, and we're okay with that? Yeah. We're just perfectly fine with it. Right. Um, addiction, addiction recovery runs a parallel with this entire scenario of coming out of Egypt, from the blood on the doorposts to the Red Sea experience to the dying of thirst to the starving to the giving of the law, all these stages are necessary to help get the Egypt out of us. Right. So many times an addict will be told that they would they that they need to do something called ninety and ninety. That's ninety NA meetings in ninety days. Because the thought processes are so damaged that that's what is required to nurse them back to a healthier state of mind. It's, yeah. just, it's just something they go do so that they don't go do what they've normally done. It's how reality works. Right. If, if it's how rea- you want to become a good baseball hitter, mm-hmm. you get in that batter's box mm-hmm. and you hit baseballs. Mm-hmm. You want to damage your brain mm-hmm. and become depressed, mm-hmm. then you do other things like maybe go do other behaviors that are not healthy right. and you will become damaged and depressed mm-hmm. it, whatever you choose to do and you, you strengthen do it that. you strengthen that in your brain mm-hmm. and so sometimes when we've damaged ourselves so much we have to do 90 and 90 right the children of israel were prescribed 40 years of very strict laws because their thought processes and their moral compasses were so damaged we're all recovering from the infection of fear and selfishness we're all wandering in the wilderness one of our great uh, tendencies is, is what happens next. Right. In Exodus 32, 1, uh, the Bible says, When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So Aaron said to them, Take off the rings of gold and that are in your ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. And he received the gold from their hand and fashioned it with a graving tool and made a golden calf. And they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And they rose up early the next day and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Mm. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down for your people whom you brought up. (laughs) Your Uh, people, Moses, not mine. That's right. It's like God's like, (laughs) nope, they're not mine. Your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. It sounds like parents who have children who are, you know, misbehaving, uh, you know, uh, they'll say, Alice, go get, you know, go get your son because your son is uh, misbehaving. Yeah. yeah. And I've disowned him. So have you ever identified or have you ever had the occasion to misidentify what God has done in your life? Well, I know that there was, you know, when I ended up in in jail, you know, God, how could you let this happen? Or, you know, when I was being sexually molested, God, how could you allow this to happen to me? If you are so good and if you are so great, uh, why why would you let somebody harm me like that? It's not fair. Why are you being unfair? Why are you, um, why did you abandon me? 
um, uh, if you're so great and if you have so much in control, then then why did you allow, why did you give someone your control to harm me? Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're going to have to look, we're going to have to go back and we're going to have to put ourselves in the situation of these children of Israel. Mm-hmm. When Pharaoh is behind them mm-hmm. and they're standing at the edge of the sea and the walls and, and God parts the sea and the walls of water. I mean, the, the sea is roaring and they're mm-hmm. walking through this sea and they come out the other side. Then they, they see their enemies buried in the sea mm-hmm. and then they wander and they start to die of thirst and God fixes that situation. And then they're hungry and God fixes that situation. Mm-hmm. And then Moses goes up the mountain and he's gone for a little while, and now they're identifying another God mm-hmm. that has brought them out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Remember, he said, this, these are the gods that brought us out of Egypt, and they built, they built a golden calf. And next time we'll talk about this golden calf and what it, what it represented. They talked about this golden calf. But what I'd like to, 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 I mean, because this is what happens. God will work miracles in our lives, and we'll... We'll admit that was God that did that. Mm-hmm. And then a couple days later, the feeling fades mm-hmm. or the thoughts fade about, well, really, I mean, it's just, you know, uh, it's just the way things well, work. I think this, we, we can start we, to take things for um, for granted. We just justify and we rationalize and we, we, we rationalize it through and whatever. And it seems like these these trials that we go through, these these events in our lives that are real pressure cookers when we go through them. We don't learn as much as we should from them. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and I, we always point to the children going through the Red Sea and, and how could they possibly forget about that? How could they uh, three days later be murmuring because they're thirsty and three more days later be murmuring because they're starving when they just, when God had just parted the sea for them? Right. How could they possibly do that? Right. But this this is human it's, nature. It, it, it's it's a human experience, it's, it's, I think. It's human nature. It's right. what humans do. And I think that story is there for our benefit. Mm-hmm. That when we go through these trials and these situations, we need to grow from them. Because what God is doing is he's eradicating fear and selfishness from our hearts if we will embrace the situation and understand this situation is therapeutic. Well, and we had talked about the temple, I think it was on the last um, program, where you know Jesus is saying, come to me, all you who are... Who, who, who uh, labor on heavy labor. Yeah, he says, come to me, just like the little children came and sat on his lap. He's saying, come to me, you can trust me. I am trustworthy. And, and through the things that we go through, that's how we build in the trust is learning and having that victory over our own um, ideas and learning how God saves us. Yeah. And, and, and it's all relational. I trust my wife now. Oops, her, Yay. Her, yay, her eyes rolled. I trust her now more than the day I married her. Why? Because it's relational. We have a relationship. And we've gone through trials together, and we've been strengthened together. Mm-hmm. And I can see her character grow and develop through these trials. And that's that's how I've learned to ter- trust her more. And that's how I've learned to trust God more. Right. Is because I take these trials now as therapeutic rather than some form of punishment or, or, or something like that. It, it's God shaping and molding my character, he, just like Michelangelo chipping away granite 
and, and getting a, a, a statue of someone, he's removing the stuff that he doesn't want. God is removing what he doesn't want in my character. Right. So it's kind of like we're growing up from an infant into a mature adult. Right. And we see things not from a child's standpoint, but from a mature adult, so we can stand back and look at things logically, not just from emotion. Yeah. And, and so this this is the law that God gave them in Exodus 20 was a law that was written on stone. Mm-hmm. God wants to, it's the same law. Right. God wants to change the location. Right. He wants that lo- location to be now in the heart. So we do, so all of those things, thou shalt not be angry without a cause, thou shalt not covet, all of those things come naturally. That's what he wants to do for us. Right. He wants to change us. He wants to change us. Now, yes. if you're new to the program, you can go to our website and listen to the programs we've, that have already been aired. Uh, just go to www.justasiamministries.org and click the Listen Now button. And also shoot us a call. We have a, we have a workbook we can send you. Remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle, and the other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose in the series, The Kingdom of God, What Went Wrong with the Human Brain? If you or someone you know is living in the captivity of addiction and having trouble finding freedom, Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that God does work miracles. They've created a seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for yourself, someone you know, or your church, call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com and they'll send one to you. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. Contact them at 916-645-1297 or online at justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.